Hello and welcome to Beyond the Events, which features conversations with industry leaders discussing their careers and experiences producing the world's most talked about events. I'm your host, Star. Today I'm joined by Candace Newman, founder of Live Out Live and senior tour director of U.S. Concerts and Touring at Live Nation Entertainment. Candace will share insights into her career, concert and tour management, and live events. For the last decade, Candace brought some of the world's most celebrated artists closer to their fans by collaborating with live music venues all over the world to book, produce, and promote tours for multiple artists from Rihanna, David Blaine, Backstreet Boys, Tony Braxton, and a host of others. Candace is not only responsible for procuring talent and aligning them with the right venue at the right time, but as one of the few women of color in the live music industry, she is also at the helm of leadership and inclusion. In 2015, Candace spearheaded Live Nation's Empower Network, a safe space designed to inspire and motivate women at the company. Candace has since spoken on numerous panels and outlets as she remains committed to using her platform to share her journey as an inspiration for others. Inspired by her own professional journey in the male-dominated space and fueled by her desire to open doors for more diverse faces in booking and touring, Candace launched Live Out Live in 2019. Candace, I'm so happy to have you join us today. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Star. Thanks for having me. So I'm going to jump right into it and start off at the beginning. How did you get your start in the industry? Well, um, I always knew that I wanted to be in the music industry. I love music. And when I was in college, I, when deciding on a, ma a major, I knew that I wanted to study music, entertainment, and something to that effect. So I, in my, at my school, we had a, 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 a study called entertainment studies. So I went ahead and, and pursued that. It was vast. It, it included like ma vast communi mass communication, public relations, um, radio, TV, film, just the whole spectrum of the entertainment industry. But I knew specifically I wanted to be involved in the music industry. So mm -hmm. I went ahead and I studied entertainment studies just so that I can get a full grasp of the landscape of the music or the entertainment industry as a whole. Um, just so I can just kind of decide on which direction I want to go into when it comes to music. Mm -hmm. But so I study that. In addition to that, I worked on campus as a event manager for the entire time that I was there. And during my time as an event manager, I learned so many e event logistics, including like setup and production, um, lighting, audiovisual. And I just fell in love with the event space in general. You know, it, it came natural um, to me. So I knew that I wanted to work in the event space in the music industry in, in some way and somehow. So at this point in my career, I feel like I've succeeded in that because I'm working in the live event space, right? So there's nothing more rewarding than being able to really, you know, um, see your goals come to life. So my career started at, in college studying entertainment in music and also working in the event space and really learning about the ins and outs of the events world. So I, I'm able to combine those two passions and now book tours on the highest level possible, book concerts and tours and live events on the highest level possible now. 
No, it's, it's incredible. And to have that background, like a lot of people don't, they didn't go to school for that. So, you yeah. know, and to have that basis, probably it's probably even fuels your career even more because you had a step and a leg up coming into it. Thank goodness. So um, talk to us about like some of those um, positions that you've held, because at this point, you've already had an incredible career that people strive for. So like talk to us more about some of those career experiences coming out of college. Yeah, so just coming out of college, I've just navigated the music industry and still wanting to pursue the event space. I worked um, for Fox Entertainment for an action sports channel called Fuel TV first and just really getting my footing in the entertainment industry and just trying to figure out which direction I want to go into. And like I said, I knew I wanted to end up in music and events, but I know that there are steps to take in order to really fulfill those those goals, right? So um, I worked for Fuel TV for a bit, and during that time, I went on to study um, communications and get my master's degree. So it allowed me to do both, you know. And I, during that time, I was an administrative assistant for the GM of the company. So I really learned um, basic working skills and professional skills that really helped me develop as a professional, as well as continuing my um, endeavor as a student as well. So there was that step. And then I moved on to Universal Music Group, and where I worked for a label. And I was really kind of excited about that piece of my career because I really landed into the music space that I wanted to continue to pursue. I still didn't have an idea of which direction I was going to go into. I just know that I was working in the music space. I was excited about supporting artists and working with them on whatever level I possibly could. So then I, after leaving Universal Music Group, I landed a dream opportunity working for Live Nation Entertainment, right? I went in as an executive assistant at Live Nation, which was totally cool for me because I had an opportunity to learn um, the base, you know, the baseline um, position and, um, and role that led me to every other role within my career. So as an executive assistant, I learned so much about the touring space. I was an assistant within the touring division at the touring company, right? It's, which mm -hmm. is the driving force of the, the live entertainment business. So um, I was an executive assistant. I learned organizational skills, communication skills on the top level. I learned the, the lingo, the players, how to produce and, and support the, the overall scope of a live show. So I think that was a really key role for me in the executive assistant role because the communication is so um, valuable in the role that I do now. So I was an executive assistant and then I graduated to become a project manager and a director and now senior tour director. And again, the, every single step of my career and every single role that I, that I took on with, even within the Live Nation space um, contributed to where I am now as a senior tour director. Um, again, the communication where I, I guess we can, we're gonna get further into what I yeah. do as a day to day, but mm -hmm. what I do now, every single aspect of, of my positions within the, the, the company really made me whole as a person and as a professional, you know, so to speak. So I started off as an assistant and I just graduated each level learning as much as I possibly can. And, you know, um, having the opportunity to just contribute my own um, perspective to what I want as a, a, as a live entertainment leader and executive. So mm -hmm. it's been great. No, that's awesome. And then um, I will touch on, you were also a project manager during that time, yes. your growth. One thing, uh, before we go into like what your day-to-day -day role is as a director of uh, concerts and touring now, I would love to know how were you able to, because you're one of the unique, uh, you're in a unique position 
where you've actually navigated through one company and multiple uh, roles, which is great, honestly. It's very hard in general, but also as a woman of color. So I would say, how have you been able to move and, and speak up to say that you wanted to expand into other roles? Yeah, well, originally when I entered the company as an executive assistant, I came in with a master's degree. So I came in really um, confident and sure of my abilities and um, of my level of competency and just hopeful that if I got in there, did the work and put my head down, that I will be seen. It will be acknowledged and um, rewarded. But a lot of times I found that was not the case and I had to really speak up for myself and advocate, I call it advocating for myself, right? Because if I don't, who will? So I went in and advocated for myself in a very strategic, tactful way, um, making sure that the work led my advocacy and that there was no disputes possible. So I couldn't come up and speak up about what I wanted as a professional unless I was able to show and prove that I am a professional and that I'm able to deliver. So it started there with me delivering. And then it started with me being strategic on how I was going to approach um, my demands or what I wanted in my career. And so that led to a, a progressive succession plan. Each time I spoke up was an opportunity for me to elevate. So every time I spoke up, I, I elevated from that assistant role into that project manager role. That's how I elevated by just speaking up, letting them know what value I bring, what projects I've been uh, assisting on and the success of those projects. and it obviously led me to each role. And like I said, it's about being strategic and tactful and smart, but leading, letting the work lead for, for itself, right? So the work spoke for itself, but I also had to come behind the work and really push and advocate for myself in support of it. So, um, because there, everyone wants to be promoted. Everyone wants to have an opportunity to get to the next level, right? Um, but as a woman of color, as a woman in a, a very male-dominated business and space, I'm not the first that they're going to look at to give an opportunity to. So that advocacy was very important in my trajectory. Exactly. And I'm glad that you touched upon that because that's just like, it's so important. Like a lot of people will think that just people will notice, you know, but there's so many levels to it, especially in a large company that yeah. it's not necessary that it's not necessarily the case that someone's actually going to notice your work. So sometimes you have to raise your hand and let it be known and, and actually advocate for yourself. So I think you've done a wonderful job doing that. Thank so you. that leads us to your role as director of U.S. Concerts and Touring at Live Nation. So share us uh, share with us some insights into the day-to-day -day role and duties of, in, within that role. The role is absolutely vast, right? It's a role that is um, built on autonomy and been able to see a project from the beginning through fruition and um, it go off without a hitch. So the day-to-day -day varies. Um, some days I'm simply building business models and business plans surrounding a tour. Some days I am routing tours um, and working on the the geographic locations and placing holes within venues like Prudential and, and um, other venues across the country. Some days I am putting out fires for a show that's already happening across the country that I'm not there for, but I'm working directly with a tour um, rep who I have on the road who, I, who acts as my eyes and ears and communicating with me about the ins and outs of what's needed for that show to happen and go off without a hitch for that day. Um, it varies, again, it's extremely vast. And for the most part, the promotion part of the, the role is constant. So if there's a tour that's already launched, I'm constantly um, 
reviewing, evaluating, surveying, watching, monitoring that tour to make sure that tickets are moving constantly, that um, just there's some activity surrounding that is constantly being promoted and marketed because marketing is what sells shows, is what sells tours, right? So making sure that it's constant, any, any um, promotions that can be applied to the show or to the tour that I'm, I'm keeping it going so that tickets can be sold and um, the artists can be happy, the, the venue can be fulfilled and everyone can just be happy with the movement of the show. So that is a constant thing. That's a constant um, thing that I do within my role and everything else is just kind of just surrounding and building the show. So it's like a well oiled machine. It's business models, tour routes, tour launches, and then tours, settlements, and then starting all over again. So it's, it's quite vast and um, there's a lot of intricacies that are involved, but it's very exciting because I, I guess my real title is putting out fire, the queen of putting out fires, because, you know, there's so much work that goes on behind the scenes that nobody has any idea. The best thing about it is that fans attend a show it goes off without a hitch. They have the best time and they have no idea that right before the show, the artist almost didn't go on or right before the show, something crazy happened or something weird, wonky happened with production. And those are opportunities for me to put out fires, for me to communicate clearly and um, just make sure that things happen, you know, the way that they're meant to happen, you know, and we can't anticipate that when it comes to putting on a show, but I'm proud to say that I've been able to do that. And, and um, with all of the different, um, different roles that are involved in my position, the, the booking and the promoting and the launching of the tour and the marketing and the ticketing aspects, I'm glad to know that I've produced and helped um, drive tons and tons of show throughout my 11 and a half, 12 years at, at within this industry. And um, and a lot of them, I would say 99% of them have gone off without a hitch. Yeah. So it's vast. It's a vast role, but it's very exciting. I know. And you actually, you're, you're underselling it even with all that, because it seems like they happen not in tangent with each other. Like this is happening simultaneously. Like you're dealing Absolutely. with multiple tours and multiple times. Yes. It's not like you get to go through one tour. And it's like, okay, the next one. This no, is you're absolutely, you you're absolutely right. Um, I don't think that I've ever had one tour at one time. I've had on average five to seven tours a year. Mm -hmm. And those tours encompass 15 to 30, sometimes to 50 dates, sometimes double shows, sometimes putting up shows after one show has sold out because it just went so well. Um, sometimes canceling shows, sometimes moving the entire, pushing the entire tour back, kind of like what COVID caused people to have to do is to push entire tours back that we were already launched and um, selling tickets for. Um, yeah, it's pretty vast. Like you said, I was underselling it, but these tours are all happening all at once. You know, I'm routing tours all at the same time that I'm monitoring tours that are already playing off or shows that are already playing off. And I'm monitoring settlements to make sure that the overall accounting matches my original business model that I put together. You know, it's, it's a lot that goes into it. And then I'm managing relationships. There's a tour manager. There's a tour rep. There, there's the artist. There's the agent. There's the manager. There's so many people to make happy during this process. And the venue. So yeah, yeah it's, absolutely. It's a lot. <laughs> absolutely in the venue. I could definitely speak from that end of it. Yes. But, um, I just wanted to go back because some of our listeners may not understand, you know, some of the, the intricate things behind the scenes. Yeah. So um, 
even before the announce, obviously, you're dealing with the artists, you're dealing with their management, you're dealing with the venues, and there's a calendar aspect of it. Can you talk to us more about like how, when you're dealing with the venues, what exactly is going on? Yeah, so in dealing with the venues and placing holds for throughout my routes, it can be pretty complex because depending on the season, depending on the location, depending on the venue, um, it could blow the whole route into pieces depending on how many holds are in place in certain markets and certain venues, right? So you place a hold in a venue. Sometimes you're not the first hold in that venue. Sometimes you're the 11th hold in, in a specific venue. And it's your anchor venue, meaning, or market. It's the market where the artists must play. Like, they have to play that New York market, right? And Prudential is their, their, their first choice venue that they want to play, but they're the 11th hold. Sometimes it can be difficult challenging these, these holds and or pivoting to a new location or pivoting to a new market because the venue is not quite available and or just working behind the scenes with whoever that first hold is to get those things cleared out. Sometimes you have to work with, directly with other agents and other managers to find out if the show is truly happening because sometimes those holds can go away and make room for your show and or blow your whole tour route out of out of the water because the show or the venue is not letting up and giving you that that placement so um there are little things like that that little um wall that you hit sometimes when it comes to like it's not all just placing a hold and moving on you can run into little um hitches when it comes to that and you have to negotiate and work behind the scenes in order to clear things up um, there are things like that and or venue specifics like um, venue specs and and parameters for a specific show. I know for for example, David Blaine, um, the venues had to have a certain perennium sound. So um, and or a certain stage because he had because he had a really huge water tank and not all stages can accommodate, you know, and the stages are built in. So we had to pivot to other venues. There are, are tons of issues that can that you can run into in a venue and or in a specific market including holds and or um, specifics that are needed for your show. So yeah, that's, that's some of the background when dealing with venues and um, hold placements. I appreciate that because I mean, you all are magicians, honestly, in the way that you have to navigate things and reroute. And I mean, we're in constant conversation with you, but there's so many other people that you're dealing with on a regular basis, you know. And like, I, like I said, those relationships behind the scenes, sometimes just reaching out to an agent who you know if their show is going to happen or not, and you may be able to secure that first place just from having that behind the scenes conversation. So it's very relationships based. If they don't know who you are, they may not even be privy to. Um, letting up on that date, whether they know for sure it's going to confirm or not. So um, it's very strong relationship based and negotiation based. And um, to me, I just think being nice and approaching it from a, this, I really need this to happen. What can I do for you that you, you know, and in turn, you can give me this. So a little bit of this and that to get it done. So that's where the magicianship come in at, you know, um, just working our, our magic, our, our individual magic to make things happen. Yeah, majority of it is is bartering negotiation, and as you you yeah. said, it's communication. Honestly, like having communication skills is very necessary in this For line sure. of business. So um, I will just go take a step back. You kind of touched on it, but looking back on your career and looking present, what have you loved thus far? Oh, oh so many things about it. It's thrilling and exciting. Um, 
it really challenges me and pushes me as a professional and as an executive and as a woman um, in so many different, I mean, I'm, I'm a mother. And again, I've been navigating this space where it's very male dominated and not a lot of people of color. And then I'm a young woman. And there's so many things about me personally that I'm proud to know that I've um, excelled in this space with all of the other things that I have going on in my own personal life. So, or in my own, you know, my own world and the dynamics of that. So I'm just proud to persevere in a space like that. I'm proud to be an example to other people like myself in that space. Um, I've had a great time attending a ton of concerts throughout my entire career. Ones that I've put together, ones that I haven't put together. Um, and then I, just the knowledge that I've accumulated, I'm very proud of that because that, it's such a robust industry and this is knowledge that I sought out. Yes, I was in that environment, but you know, I didn't limit myself on what I wanted to learn and explore, which is why I moved on from that executive assistant role and that project management role because I was prepared for the next level because of what I took on and, and all of the challenges that I presented for myself that I was able to accomplish. So those little things that are what I'm proud of, you know, I can say this show or that show, but it's, it's all of it that I feel that encompasses who I am and, the, a reason to be proud as just as a woman in a very marginalized industry. And I agree. It's a, it's the body of work and, uh, and you did touch on it, but I just wanted to ask you this also, what, um, aside from communication, what other skill sets do you think have you gotten throughout all these positions that you've been, been able to transfer and make you successful in these positions throughout your career? Um, I think communication, like you said, is key. Um, organization um, and the communication, being able to not only verbally communicate with people and, you know, get along with them, but written communication. Um, a lot of my role involves me distributing parameters and deal points to a number of markets, sometimes 50 markets, you know, so I'm sending them deal parameters involving um finances and ticket holds and scaling and production costs and advertising costs. And they have to put this into a whole deal sheet or memo or budget so that they have that for their specific show. A lot of times each market is extremely different. I'm not going to give the same parameters to New York that I'm going to give to Connecticut or to um, Seattle that I'm going to give to LA because each market demands has its own individual demands. So been able to communicate those parameters in a clear-cut way so that every single show can encompass this grand tour and go off great is important. So I think communication on all levels is important. Um, the organization of that, like I said, there are seven tours sometimes that I'm managing at once. So being organized, knowing what's what and who I'm communicating to about what. Also, um, respect for, I guess, privacy and respect for... Um, um, information that is not privy to everyone and knowing how to manage that type of stuff. I think that that's important in understanding how to manage um, high profile information when it comes to artists and, and, and budgets and money and, and things like that. And what else? Character. I think character is a big part of any, any profession that you're in. You know, I can speak to that um, from the life space, but I think that it's a big key to who you are and exhibiting the best character, exhibiting the best um, version of yourself and being authentic 
I think that those are all keys to success in your profession, despite where you work. No, those are all necessary, honestly. And just like you said, it doesn't matter in what career or profession that you're in. I think in yours, it's obviously essential because if if something's miscommunicated, it has a lot of a, a grander effect. Well, a lot of things, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> exactly. One thing that you did uh, touch on that I did want to um, just discuss briefly is everyone always sees the, obviously the end product of the concert and it goes off well. But what we don't talk about a lot is like the challenges, like you said, the marketing, like if a show's not going well. Mm -hmm. So talk to us a little bit more about like, how does marketing play into your role? Oh, absolutely. Marketing is a huge um, piece to my role. Marketing, like I said, is what sells tickets. It's, we put together an ad budget and it's a per show ad budget. It has to be the right um, marketing pursuit. Um, does billboards match? Is it all only social? It depends on the artist. Is it, um, is it, um, I don't know, is it automobiles? Is there a sponsor involved? There's so many dynamics involved with coming up with a marketing plan surrounding a tour. It's very specific to each act and each artist, right? Um, I know I did some classic rock, I'm sorry, classic rock um, shows, and we did some cool billboards because that's kind of a throwback, right? Um, but it doesn't really work and translate well on the social media front for them because a lot of them don't have social medias because, you know, they're newer. I mean, it's, it's less newer and um, social media is newer compared to what a classic rock band is used to promoting their um, their music and or their, sh their shows surrounding. So we did that and it was fitting for that. So deciding on what the best marketing pursuit is for the show or for the tour, um, keeping keeping up and monitoring those marketing and promotion endeavors, um, as in applying any promotions that are necessary, monitoring tickets that are gonna drive ticket sales and monitor the ticket sales specifically because we don't want an empty house. I don't want an artist to come out to an empty venue and play to an empty venue. Having the know-how and then understanding on how to um, uh, relocate people in a venue so that the house looks good, the house as in the venue looks good, Having the um, the 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 know-how or the foresight to um, to rescale tickets at any time. So if a certain level is not moving as quickly or selling as quickly as it could, we can price down or price up. Dynamic pricing, implementing any um, any just promotion strategies for packs and any deals that that you can get to help drive sales. Right, because the key is making sure that. Tickets are so the venue looks good and the artist is going to come out to a cool crowd. Um, the finances can be worked out in the back end and it always does work out in the back end. But I think the important thing is driving those ticket sales, making sure that the artist is happy with what they come out to perform to. Thank you so much for talking about like the different levels of it. And I know that that's still high level, but there's oh, yeah. so many, there's so many moving parts to, um, uh, to your role honestly you know and there's so many moving parts to even this industry so i appreciate you delving into yeah, that absolutely i mean i'm just giving you a brief overview there's so many you know um marketing aspects that we can implement but that's just a few but all of this is extremely brief overview because it would take hours for us to really <laughs> kind of dive into each aspect of the role because it's so robust like i said 
Yeah, you're dealing with so many different aspects of it. It's just like you said, there's the marketing, there's the ticketing, there's the routing, there's the agents, there's the artist, there's the rerouting, the rebooking. Artists get sick, you know, things happen. Yes. Uh, and you all have to navigate the weeds of it. And uh, I know yeah. it, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, and that's what makes it so exciting, right? That's what makes it, it worthwhile, that it actually ends up happening through that navigating all of those potential good and bad things. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> so I'll um, take a step back from that and just ask you, with everything, what are you seeing to be the new normal in the future of live events? I think that eventually live events will come back gradually. Um, it will be a transitional you know, opportunity for smaller venues to build you know, get their, their footing again and then develop into those huger venues later on. But I think that, I mean, we're built of a, a resilient industry of people, right? So eventually the live industry will come back. But for now, what I am seeing the pivot of, of um, virtual shows. And I think that that's kind of the future of it. I think that that's fun because virtual shows can be um, extended globally. Like if you can't attend a show in Los Angeles, you can see it online and still not miss out on that show from, you know, wherever you are across the world. So I think that that's pretty cool that now you can experience virtual shows, which I'm not sure why we didn't think about this kind of stuff in the past, but nothing takes away from the live experience. Like there's no other experience like it, but as a, um, a backup virtual shows, I believe it's, it's the new wave. I think that, it, they will become better and better as new and more platforms, you know, become available. And after they iron out all of the kinks of what goes off as a, a great live show, right? And I don't know if they're like mini videos just of a live person performing, but I think that there's something more to add to that. And what I can, what I envision more to add to that is that VIP experience, that meet and greet experience. I like the idea of artists interfacing now with their fans, even if it's in this same virtual way. There's still something there that can be um, experiential and rewarding in the virtual um, live platform. So I think that that's the way for where, that we're on now. And I think it will become much more um, better as new platforms are built and artists are much more open to performing because artists want to perform. People want to see their shows. People want to see their artists. People want to connect. So it won't stop. It won't stop. And I'm excited to see innovative ways for us to continue to have the live experience and virtual I feel like is the, the next wave. Yeah, getting, I think this has actually um, made artists get out of their comfort zone and also see that there are different avenues and ways to connect with their fans because we're, they're used to, and we're used to the traditional meet and greet, you know, um, some of the younger artists, as you know, they're already on this. They've been doing this. They've been interacting with their fans in a virtual aspect, but now you're seeing it universal and i would like to see that going forward you know expand but like you said nothing will ever take the place of the live event and that experience no, yeah no, like yeah so i would ask you um let's just say you were coming into the industry today what advice would you give yourself trying to enter into the current industry into the live entertainment industry yes i would say learn as much as you possibly can because honestly, although I knew I loved events and I knew I loved music and I wanted to do just that, I had no idea that there was a place for me 
in the live entertainment world, let alone at the biggest company in the world, like the biggest live entertainment company, which is Live Nation. I had no idea. God knew, and he was preparing it for me, and I'm so grateful for that, right? So what I did was prepared myself by studying and understanding and learning and, and accessing resources and diving in and gaining mentors. So what I would give as advice is to be a student of the business, learn as much of the industry as you can, um, listen to podcasts and platforms like this one, um, dive into other live entertainment platforms and resources like my company, Live Out Live, in order to kind of just stay up to date on um, production changes, especially with COVID coming in. There are new measures now that we have to implement in our live shows. So um, just staying privy to, you know, the lingo, the terms, the players, who's doing what, the venues, and in every aspect of it. So continue to be a student of the business, learn as much as you can, reach out to people who are in that space, find out if they're able to and open to do informational so that you can learn directly from them about what they do and how they do it. And again, just being a student of the business is invaluable. It's invaluable because it's what got me to this level if i was just an executive assistant and i went in and just did my job and i didn't i wasn't determined to learn as much as i can i wouldn't have elevated so that's the advice that i have totally agree i think um wanting to learn and having that drive definitely is going to get you to go forward and also like you said you have to speak up for yourself because you can very easily get stuck in a position as well if you're not constantly advocating for yourself and moving around so exactly. that leads us to the awesome work you're doing at your initiative live out live please tell the audience about live out live why you started it and and the full mission yeah live out live is a company that i started last year um, as you mentioned earlier um, inspired by my own personal journey in the live entertainment space as a woman and as a black woman as an only in the space i was just determined to create some path for other people who look like me, other marginalized groups who look like me, whether it's just women, whether it's people of color and or girls of color, whether it's um, um, marginalized groups like the LGBT um, group, whoever it is, just giving them more access and opportunity into the live entertainment space, giving them resources, letting them know about roles that may not be available publicly that you know i'm able to share with them um share with them on my platform um giving them access and opportunities to panels and mentorships and just other people who are like me doing what i do um so that they can be that student of the business because a lot of times you don't know where to start right you know you want to be in the live entertainment industry but you don't know where to start so you know, and I, I think that there are very few of us in this space and able to, to extend ourselves, right? There are a lot of ARs, there are a lot of managers, there are a lot of agents, there are a lot of label reps, but there are very few live entertainment executives who look like us, who's able to extend ourselves and share knowledge and and bring other people into the fold. And I really want those other people to be to to be girls and people of color and you know, um, because there just aren't enough of us in this space. So my business, Live Out Live, is inspired by my journey and, and inspired by my passion for the live space and wanting to see more people that look like me in that space. Thank you. And I, I think it's an awesome initiative. And I obviously, it's needed, which I could speak to personally. And you highlighted on it earlier, just like mentorship. 
Like that's yeah. essentially you're you're also advocating for mentorship and giving resources for that. With which, if you don't see a lot of people that look like yourself, even if you're a woman, take away race, you know, and then you yeah. layer in race, and, or you yeah. layer in, um, you know, gender identification and things like that. It's like I don't know where to go or where to start. So exactly. we need more initiatives like yours, and it's great work that you're doing there. Absolutely, and most people want to be on stage. I think my tagline is beyond the main stage. So I really want people to know that there's a place for them beyond the main stage. If you have an interest in accounting and you just like numbers, you can be a tour accountant and go out on the road with your favorite artists and settle their shows night by night. If you love, I don't know, lighting, you can do creative design on the set and create this, the production and the, the set for that are your favorite artists. You know, I just want people to understand that their skills are transferable and they don't have to be stuck in a position or, and, or start off in the live space. You know, I know that it started for me over a decade plus ago, and I've been very fortunate in order to um, grow and navigate in that space. But a lot of times if you are my age and you are just really interested in getting into the, in trans transferring your skills, in your career into the live space there's something there you know and i want people to know how many robust opportunities and jobs and and spaces and places within the life inter entertainment industry that they can pursue mm -hmm. so i'm just really opening up and exposing people to that and it's not just being a tour booker and a promoter like me it's being out on the road with the artist and or um working in ticketing working in marketing, you know, working at the venue. There's so many different levels to it. And I really want to expose people to that. And we're similar in our initiatives, hence why I have uh, Beyond the Events. It's really that. It's like I, I've noticed throughout my career that people don't understand the intricacies behind the scenes and every opportunity that's there. And what you mentioned, I think a lot of times we focus on young people. But there are people like myself, I've been in other industries before, and then I came into the events industry. And that's why I highlight a lot of the transferable skills, because there are roles, like there's lawyers in other industries, there's lawyers in, in the events industry. You know, it's yeah. about understanding like all the different avenues and, and basically highlighting those things. So that's, I thank you, because we're very right. aligned on that. And I think it's definitely necessary conversations so that people are aware of all the opportunities that are available in this wonderful industry that we are a part of. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So I ask everyone this question, and I'm definitely interested in your answer because you've worked on every cool event that I could possibly think of. But <laughs> what's one event that you would love or would have loved to work on during now, in the future, it could be past, before, in earlier, before, before your lifetime, whatever, and why? Okay, so do you remember, this is a really great question, but it makes me think, like, right, it makes me think immediately, do you remember when Michael Jackson, okay, so Michael Jackson, I grew up with Michael Jackson, on Michael Jackson, and I've been his biggest fan as a music, you know, him as a music artist and musician, he's one of my biggest inspirations on why I wanted to work in the music industry, right? Do you remember his concerts and people used to like pass out and die? <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> when I was younger, I thought those people literally died at Michael Jackson's concert. It must be amazing there. <laughs> I wish that I could have worked on one of those productions and worked on those tours back in the day. One of the Michael Jackson tours, because those people would, he would come out and they just pass out. They just pass out. The energy was there. You could see it through the screen. I had never, I've never made it to a Michael Jackson concert. 
when I, the year that I started working at Live Nation is the year that he passed. Oh, so that's yeah, when yeah. they were just doing the, um, this is it tour with AEG or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was really excited about that opportunity to attend and maybe pass out. But <laughs> those tours, those shows that Michael had back in the day, I, it just resonated with me because I would see people, see a, a sea of people in the audience. He'd come out, he's just one person and people just pass out and die. Yes. And I was like, I need to work on those type of tours. That's the type of show I want to work on. And they didn't literally die. They didn't literally Imagine die. Imagine having that effect on people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think that something like that, something just so like vast and just incredible and on another level, they don't have those type of shows any longer. <laughs> no. no, that's a great one. I actually, um, the closest I came to Michael Jackson was when Jay-Z brought him out at one of the Summer Jam concerts, which is ah. like a huge concert here in, uh, in the New York area. And he came out on stage and I saw grown men jumping up and down. Like they were thugs two seconds before. <laughs> but all of a sudden they are losing their minds. And he didn't say a word. All he did was come out and wave and then go back. I was like, wow, I really would have liked to be at one of his concerts. Because if, if that's the effect in like two seconds, then you can imagine what would happen, like an actual full-on tour. So. Exactly. So, I mean, when you, when you asked that question, the first thing that came to mind was, first, he was one of my biggest inspirations. And second, people would just pass out and die at his shows. <laughs> and I loved it. I was like, I need to be at one of those shows. And or I need to work on one of those shows. I never had an opportunity to, but... Flavor, I don't think they were dying for the audience there. <laughs> they were just passing out. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, just passing out. And the dying is just figure of speech because it's like, you know how people are saying, I would just die if I waited, made exactly. it to a Michael Jackson concert. That's how I feel. I would just die if I made it to a Michael Jackson concert. So. Also, yeah, he's the greatest, one of the greatest of all time, honestly. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I, I feel you on it. That was an awesome answer. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you being with me today. And I just wanted to ask, like, how can the audience get involved with Live Out Live and get connected with you? Yeah, definitely. I have a website. It's liveoutlive.com. And I am on socials as well at liveoutlive underscore LA, as well as um, you can just find me out on socials. You can find me on LinkedIn, um, Candace Newman. Um, just reach out. I love sharing my story. I love sharing my journey. I love giving informational to young people as a mentor. Um, all of it. All of it. Thank you so much. Be sure to follow Candace Newman and Live Out Live on LinkedIn and Instagram and visit www.liveoutlive.com. Also, follow and like Beyond the Events on Instagram, LinkedIn, and here for the latest episodes and industry news. Click subscribe to get the rebroadcast of this and previous episodes. Join me next time on Beyond the Events. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.